Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, Senor. Deep within the dirty, stinking bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Antormation Complex. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Live this Thursday, October 7th, the year of our Lord, 2021. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Hyperbole as a weapon. Mm. Another cerebral general manager. Wow. I'm picturing, and we've all dealt with somebody like this. Somebody who pushes and pushes and really gets their way. And then when you say, all right, wait a minute, they act as if you're the attacker and act as if you are out of line. Hyperbole? Hyperbole? Passive aggression? Okay. To speak up loudly at a school board meeting is terrorism? Gotcha. Setcha. Papa! Trying to get you to sit down and shut up. Took in a couple of lawyers this morning while I was uh, listening to news, arguing over the word veggie. Are you familiar with this lawsuit? I am not. So the exploding fake meat industry? Ah, uh, yes. I tell you what, I finally had a uh, a couple of the uh, impossible meat burger. Incredible, yeah. was it impossible? impossible? If I had not been told what it was, I would have sworn to you it was a beef hamburger. Yeah, it's that's just one of the brands. But, um, yeah, I remember when I had the Impossible Whopper, I couldn't tell any difference. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Really uh, good. Uh, they're not, I don't know if they're market, if Impossible markets themselves as veggie. I don't think so. But anyway, there's plenty of, uh, non meat things out there that are labeled veggie because a lot of people are, oh, veggies sounds healthy. Hmm. There's no vegetables in these things at all. The zero. Like, not only not mostly vegetable, but there's not uh, any vegetable in there. So uh, what is in there? Unless wheat and oil are vegetables. Um, mm. All kinds of different things. But um, uh, then so the, the, the people who make it are arguing veggie is just kind of a term. I mean, it doesn't mean nobody, nobody expects vegetables necessarily to be in something called veggie. I, I kind of do, Your Honor. <laughs> I uh, more or less do. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I just find that kind of interesting, just the psychology of everything for people. Because you could call them, most of them you could call vegan, but vegan has got a, um, um, uh, you know, there's 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 something that comes with the word vegan. I don't want to be vegan, or I know somebody who's vegan, or vegans. Are, some people really want to be vegan, and they'll tell you about it all day long, but uh, some people really don't want to be vegan. They don't mind right. eating veggie burgers, but I don't want to be a vegan person. Yeah, so, it is kind of the sweet spot between unhealthy and Pain in the ass, always talking right. about it. It's it's nice. I'm healthy, but I'm not a pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Californian or something. Right. Um, it's, it's just it's interesting how many gazillions of dollars can be on the line over a word like veggie versus vegan or something. And so courts need to decide if veggie means yeah, there's vegetables in there or no. It's just kind of uh, means healthy. It doesn't necessarily mean vegetables. So. So who's suing big broccoli or what? I mean, who's the plaintiff? Um, people that uh. Are vegetarians? I guess it's a class action lawsuit. I, I have a feeling. Ah. I got. I have a feeling that big meat's behind it. Because if I'm, if I'm the like real meat people, the real steak people, hey, you don't get to call yourself veggie to compete against this when there's no vegetables in there. People yeah. want the beef. 
That's right, sir. Uh, yeah, I could see big meat uh, being a little uh, miffed at that. So if you can't tell the difference, are you are you like on board with like if you're going to uh, grill up some burgers, you're going to do the fake burgers now? I've not grilled up my own. I don't know how difficult it is, but uh-huh. I, I could absolutely see it. I need to compare the nutritional. I have a vague memory. When this first really hit the scene, there was a side-by-side comparison in the nutritional values, and the stuff really wasn't great for you, but I, I don't recall what product it was specifically. It doesn't need to be great for you. It just needs to be better than the meat, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. Huh. Since it seems to be like every bit is good. If it tastes the same, the texture is the same for people who care about that sort of thing, grills up the same, mm, it's going to be hard to argue why you wouldn't go that direction. Right? Yeah, again, I just have to take a look at the nutritional and, you know, some some people will claim, well, it's got fat, virtually no fat, but it's got 375 grams of carbs and, you know, 60 grams of sugar in it, for instance. Right. Well, that's not more healthy. So, you know, I've got to take a look. Okay. So uh, cable news channels are uh, talking like the, 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 the shutdown is still a thing. So there was a bit of an agreement today. Is that right? Well, yeah, I know that there's a, the, they're in talks. They're going to kick the can down the road for a month or so. So yeah. they're not going to shut down tonight. But I was, I was just watching a little uh, MSNBC, and they're talking about they, they, went, they had all the experts on, military experts. Uh, military personnel would not get their paychecks. They would not uh, have the readiness in case we were attacked by uh, China. Uh, old people would not get their Social Security checks, uh, blah, 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 blah. I just, who's this for? Do some of you enjoy that? Well, it, they make it sound like a terrible crisis. So people think, oh, my God, that's about to happen. And they click and they tune in and they watch. Be like if you're sitting around the dinner table with the family, say, let's let's pretend if I lose my job and one of us has a terrible health situation, we don't have any insurance, what would happen? So we would lose our house. Uh, you'd die because we don't have health insurance. And you just go through all the things. Well, is there any any chance that's going to happen? Oh, no. No, there's no chance that's going to happen. Well, then why are we talking about it? I don't know. People just seem to enjoy it. Dinner table events. <laughs> well, I would argue it's even dumber than that because, you know, the disease, the loss of insurance, that sort of thing is out of your control. It's a long shot, but it happens. Uh, whereas the uh, the debt ceiling thing is entirely within the control of all of those politicians. Good point. And they know how it's going to come out. Good point. They have the option of ending it at any moment, which it looks like they're going to end it for today anyway and kick the can down the road. So, so don't waste any time, as we told you yesterday, on any of the debt ceiling crap. It's more like, uh, you know, thought experiment, role-playing. What if I murdered the dog? Kids, let's talk about that. I murdered the dog. That would be grief. You would probably have to go to counseling, etc. Enjoy its meat for a few days. I mean, just a long, lurid conversation (laughs) about the terrible things that could happen. But it's not going to happen. (laughs) That's a pretty funny example. Is that an analogy, metaphor, or a simile? Oh, uh, yes, it is. All of them. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. Oh, we, it's we, uh, it's a modern classic. we got to start the show officially, All otherwise right. the FCC sends us a fine. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, October 7th, the year 2021. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Taylor, fly ball to left, and deep, and down! Chris! The Dodgers are walking off to San Francisco. They win the wild card. Three to one. So baseball is so stupid. The organization, not the sport. Yes. Why would you want 
one of the best records in the last 20 years, the second best team in all of baseball, to be one swing away from being eliminated after a game. Why would you want that? And now they're going to play the best team. The two best teams are going to face in only a five-game series in the first round. Why would you want that? It's idiotic. It is idiotic. idiotic. You know, the wild card one-game thing, you can argue about that. I'd like to see it be a three-game series. But uh, the fact that the teams aren't seeded, it's just random. For whatever reason, this year, the the uh, Western uh, Division uh, is going to play the wild card guy. you got to seed them like every sport right. in the world. The, the top team plays, uh, the, the team with the most wins plays the team with the least, etc. You want to build up to the championship where the two best records meet, hopefully. That's the excitement. Exactly. Man, whatever. Stupid, stupid baseball. Giants-Dodgers, one of the great rivalries in all of sports, kicks off a Friday in San Francisco. Um, We've got Mailbag on the way next, and a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, the miniseries Diana starts on CNN this weekend, so I know what I'm watching. As in Princess Diana? Princess Diana with Kirsten, Kristen, who's the lesbian actress girl? There are several. I don't don't know. (laughs) I uh, honestly She's hosted Saturday Night Live. Super hot. Kirsten Dunst? She's too old. No, 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 no. Wig? No, 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 Chenoweth? No, that's not right. No, yeah. that's not right. Everybody, so I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just excited about a miniseries about Princess Diana. <laughs> Who's not? <laughs> Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Continuing our series for a couple more days with the great Roman statesman Marcus Tullius Cicero. This might be my favorite quote from Cicero. A bureaucrat is the most despicable of men, though he is needed, as vultures are needed. But one hardly admires vultures, whom bureaucrats so strangely strangely resemble. I've yet to meet a bureaucrat who is not petty, dull, almost witless, crafty or stupid, an oppressor or a thief, a holder of little authority in which he delights, as a dog delight, as a boy delights in possessing a vicious dog. Who can tust? Who can trust such creatures? I'm sorry, I'm trying to read it from way over there, and I'm doing a very poor job reading aloud. Joe, you get a B minus for today. It's terrible. Stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. It uh, doesn't make you feel good if you're a uh, if you are one of those people, does it? A holder of little authority in which he delights, as a boy delights in possessing a vicious dog. Boy, that's a good description. Mall, mall cop syndrome, right? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Mailbag. A little distracted. I'm texting. Uh, with my wife, and it appears that an electrician who we paid uh, money to to do a job is ghosting us. Yeah, shocking. Sure. Shocking, yeah. based on my experience. Yeah. 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 Went, went with a recommendation from somebody. It's going to be hearing from me soon. Soon. Yeah. Strongly but, worded but, letter to follow. But, but this is the way it works. Somebody else, because I've done this a whole bunch of times, somebody else has the, 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 the contractor paint their house or fix their fence or do whatever it is. They show up and do a good job. And then for you, they don't, because I guess a better offer came in? I don't know. Somebody please explain to me how handyman contractor people live their lives. If you know, text line 415-295-KFTC. I've been curious about this for years, and I've never heard a good answer. So contractor A is sitting there waiting for contractor B, who doesn't show up yesterday. Now we can't get to hold of contractor B at all. It's a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
Anyway, let's get on to the mailbag, the correspondence proper. Um, the announcement or the, the plan that the IRS will be alerted anytime anybody moves $600. Good yeah. Lord. That's part of the new human infrastructure bill. Uh, B writes, hey, guys, uh, does this mean every time Gavi Newsom goes to the French laundry, it'll be reported? That's pretty we had an early dinner. That's a pretty good show. Oh, it was an early dinner. I'm sorry. Never mind. A <laughs> uh, nice note here from Alex. Uh, guys, uh, the stories on all the colleges creating separate dorms and cafeterias and graduations reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by Mark Twain. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. That's from his travel books, Innocence Abroad and uh, Roughing It. These colleges are doing the exact opposite of that, creating little corners for their students to vegetate in, away from people who look different than they do. It's disgusting. I believe it's also unconstitutional, as the Supreme Court ruled in Brown versus Board of Education, that separate but equal is inherently unequal. GJBRB, good job bringing racism back. Yeah, no kidding. It's Alex. That's a good topic. And then I dug this one up from a mailbag a couple of days ago. We hadn't gotten to it, but Katie, the libertarian librarian, which is a fine moniker indeed, uh, says, I graduated from Seattle Pacific University, a Christian liberal arts university in 2010. I worked in the undergraduate admissions team uh, department with a team that called prospective students to answer questions about the school and encourage them to complete their applications, schedule campus visits, and the like. When I was a junior, a new team was added to the department, created to do exactly what my team did, but they focused on calling kids in urban areas, meaning black and Hispanic schools and neighborhoods. This was all done in an effort to increase our diversity on campus. I met with my supervisor, expressed my concern about the segregated teams. We did the same jobs, but I was required to filter my calling sheet to eliminate prospective students of color, because what could we possibly have in common? I was told that if I learned over the phone or at an event that a student was miscoded in our system, that I needed to have them reassigned to the urban outreach team and not call the student again, even if there was a relationship. I mean, how stupid is that? Well... how was I even going to learn via phone call whether the student was white and Hispanic or whatever, therefore okay to speak with? Our teams were kept completely separate. Man, but if you told people like post-civil rights legislation, like, I don't know, 1967, that, uh, hey, in the future, this is the way we'll do universities. We'll break it down by race, and you live in different dorms, and, and uh, if, if you're a black student coming to a college, they're not even allowed to talk to a white student. You'd think, well, we've certainly gone backwards. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that something? And it's wow. all going to be done under the name of enlightenment. Yeah, it's so weird. I would have never predicted this. Yeah, yeah. Totally different topic. Um, uh, wouldn't mind being anonymous, no problem. I just want to point out to, to folks, including Jack, uh, who asked a great question about masking the pain of depression. Uh, I was talking about the experiments that are being done in university settings using psilocybin, the uh, active ingredient in so-called magic mushrooms, um, and how that's having amazing success de- uh, treating severe depression that had not been successfully treated in other ways. Um, psilocybin uh, and some other hallucinogens are not masking those feelings, but rather it's a relaxing of the mind, and I believe the soul in some way, that allows one allows themselves to deal with the said depression. Some call it stripping of the ego. Uh, while I understand them, it doesn't quite accurately describe my experience. It's more of a shortening of the distance between your conscious and unconscious self. 
Um, it allows you to deal with your pain and fear in a way that doesn't seem scary. We had one person email us said, you guys sound like you're really advocating self-treating with hallucinogenics. And uh, when I made uh, it, then, in- then shut up. That's my response to that. Well, get the wax out of your ears. Or, or I don't know. Maybe they went under a series of bridges or something. Like they're listening to their AM radio. But no, we weren't talking about that at all. Uh, I will tell you this um, from a reading on, on the topic and, and perhaps some experiences that uh, I recall from a hazy past. There are times when hallucinogenics make you much more aware that your conscious mind is not inevitable. It is a series of thoughts, just like your subconscious mind, and it's a difficult thing to describe. You see clearly, oh, those are thought patterns. That's not inevitable. That's just a product of the way my mind is working. You stand outside of your everyday conventional thinking. Don't believe everything you think. I've got a friend who says regularly. Wow, that's that's a really intriguing uh, saying. Uh, finally, this, Jimmy in San Francisco writes, my seven-year-old knows more about economics than half of Congress. You know, I'm not sure we have time for this, but uh, I heard Jen Psaki's ridiculous comments about companies not passing on taxes to consumers. I was trying to teach my seven- and ten-year-olds basic economics. In a 15-minute car ride home, I managed to explain how a company selling hamburgers would figure out what they should charge, how price affects demand, and how taxes would affect the cost of the consumer as well as profit. I then shared Ms. Saki's comments, and my seven-year-old got a belly laugh at how ridiculous her comment was. I'm uh, already happy enough to impart some knowledge, but then at bedtime, the same seven-year-old asked me after I read him a story, could I teach him more about that supply and demand stuff? That's a good kid. Yeah, I found that with my kids, too. You get into some of the more grown-up stuff, they're fascinated by it. You know? That's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, Kristen Stewart is the lesbian actress playing Diana. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In other news, the New York Public Library, the largest public library system in the country, just announced that they're ending late fees forever. Yeah, because that's why. That's why people aren't reading anymore. It's not Netflix or the internet or, you know, attention spans. They just don't want to get hit with the late fees. (laughs) By the way, for all of you young people watching, um, a library is like a, a... Imagine you, couldn't, you could walk into a, a giant Kindle <laughs> with things. You can touch actual things. But yeah, the New York Public Library, they've eliminated all late fees, to which New Yorkers responded, Hey, I'm bettering myself with unlimited access to literature and other valuable resources here. Um, what? I would say to James Corden, who I believe is childless, uh, libraries are still a thing, man. They're still very much a thing. My kids love going to the library. The library is packed all the time. Every time I'm there, the, you can't find a place to park, and it's packed full of kids. My uh, my brother's kids, it's their favorite part of the week, the library trip. My kids, a uh, generation before, well, half a generation before them, uh, same thing. Yeah, li- libraries are still very popular with children. Actually, you know, I checked the book out of the library the other day. New book about the French Revolution. And uh, I thought, I should do this more often. Why don't I do this more often? It's just... 
Do you expect to be sucked into the French Revolution at some point? Do you expect to be on the streets of Paris fighting Robespierre? You're really into this. Well, it's just the similarities between the lead up to that and what we got going on. What's that now? <laughs> Changing all the words, the constantly updating uh, what's okay and what's not. And if maybe you were okay six months ago saying majeure, but now you're not. So we're going to drag you out on the street and beat you or make sure you're fired or whatever. Oh, boy. Uh, maybe more on that some other time. A couple of things we got to mention. Pfizer has, has, has asked the FDA to authorize its COVID vaccine for ages 5 to 11, which would bring more than 28 million children closer to being eligible for the shot. And at least the state of California is already going to mandate the shot, assuming it's approved for next school year. The other diseases for which children are vaccinated are almost uniformly horrible and killed killed children in the previous centuries in enormous numbers. This one, this disease, is practically harmless to children. What are we doing? Am I missing something? Well, they could spread it to blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, blah, blah is probably vaccinated. And if there aren't, that's their choice. Right. Man, this is, this is going to, and here's my concern. I'm not some sort of knee-jerk uh, vaccine alarmist or anything like that, but there are plenty of them out there, or people are concerned. They're not quite sure what to believe. This will erode belief in, adherence to the regular vaccines, the important ones. That's exactly what Scott Gottlieb, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, said on Face Nation over the weekend. Well, he only went to one more medical school than I did, so our qualifications fairly similar. Yeah, yeah, he believes that that, that it, it will put a bunch of things that were never in the political realm in the political realm forever. Yeah, at least in some people's minds. Uh, you may have noticed gas has gotten more expensive. The average gas price in the United States reached three twenty one per gallon, which is hilarious. If you live in California, you'd, you'd <laughs> give your left testicle for three dollar ga- gas, and um, or buy a big tank and fill it and keep my testicle. <laughs> What are you using it for at this point anyway? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it kind of balances the right one. Yeah, you walk around in circles. Exactly. You're just missing one. Exactly. Um, but so 321 is the highest gas has been in uh, eight years, and it's going up, so it ain't stopping anytime soon. California, the average price of gas, hey, those of you in the rest of the country, 442 is the average price of gas in California right now. So California put all these new taxes, biggest jump in gas taxes in the history of America at one time, but people didn't really feel it that much because gas was cheap at the time, and the freaking liar, liar thieves in the capital knew that. So uh-huh. now that gas has gone back up, which was inevitable, now everybody's knows, wait a second, how did gas get to be 440-something a gallon? It's because all those taxes they added on when it was low and you didn't notice. And is that for, for regular? Yeah, that's the average price of gas. <sighs> so, um, you know, it won't have to go up much more, and freaking Californians will be paying $5 a gallon for gas. Wow. Like it's damned Europe. Time to get a Hes- uh, Tesla or a horse. <laughs> Those are your options. That's it. Um, oh, and driving is up. I was going to mention that. So, like, traffic for me, I, went, I was going to mention this yesterday and I forgot. Traffic. I've been driving the same commute for, like, 20-some years. Traffic is worse than it's ever been by far. And then I heard yesterday on the radio, because that's where I get my information, the radio. That's smart. Stay away from the Internet, kids. Uh, I heard on the radio that um, driving is actually up past, by quite a bit, pre-pandemic levels. We're driving 15% more than we did pre-pandemic. Why is that? Why is that? 
Is why it, is that? Is the question. <laughs> you bring only questions, no answers. Because while, you know, things have loosened up some, but like the building I work in is a third full. What would you say, it, Michael? It's not even a third full, I don't think. Yeah, not even that. So, uh, so many people are not going to work. So many businesses closed. Why is traffic up all across the country so much more than it is? I don't know. If you've got an answer, text line 415-295-KFTC. You know, the economy's uh, booming more or less. It was booming like crazy when the pandemic hit. Absolutely setting true. Setting a record every single day. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It was 20 years ago today that we invaded Afghanistan. How did that turn out? Pretty good, I'm assuming. Great. Oh, yeah. We won almost immediately. Then stayed and lost. For 20 years. At a White Sox game. Are the Chicago White Sox in the playoffs? They are. They, yeah, they're playing great ball this year. The Chicago White Sox, a fan caught a home run ball with his prosthetic leg. He's got one of those, like, bucket things that goes over, like, a stump clear up to his thigh, and he he had it off for some reason. Anyway, he holds it up in the air and catches the ball in the bucket of his leg. Wow. All right. (laughs) Don't see that every day. No, you don't. That's fantastic. Way to go, sir. Oh, by the way, Hanson was mentioned. He was at the Giants game in the uh, last game of the season that they had to win to... uh, to lock up the division, and he was at the game with some kids, a bunch of kids, his son and friends, and uh, and guy caught a, a home run ball, or was it just uh, one of the players threw it up there? But either way, a ball was in the stands, and a couple of like fully grown dudes caught it right. It, it came to Hanson, what it bounced off your hand or something like that. Anyway, no, bounced off Hanson's hand. And uh, other completely grown dude got it, and Hanson kind of assumed maybe the guy was going to turn and give it to you know the one of the kids that were so excited being there at the game. Nope, they just hung on to it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would never even think of that. Here, here, young man. What do I need a freaking baseball for? Oh, people live their lives hoping to catch a foul ball. That bounced it's strictly off the, optional. That bounced off the dad's fa- hands for yeah, the look at. Yeah, you want to keep it, catch it. Yeah. That's the rules of baseball. I'm sorry. I appreciate your soft-hearted and, and love-everyone kumbaya stance, but it's dog-eat-dog dog in the stands. <laughs> Give it to the little kid for crying out loud. And do we have, I meant to ask for this, can you bring up our Justin Trudeau clip that we like so much? Because this factors in here in a couple of different ways. I'll start here with the fact that Dave Chappelle's new show on Netflix is uh, coming under some heat. Now, you always have to be careful with stuff like this when there's a new movie or a new show that it's just an attempt to get publicity because now you know and I know that Dave Chappelle has a new comedy special on Netflix. But this that just sounds true. This doesn't does ha, does, this doesn't have the you know when you hear about a uh, new horror movie out for Halloween is giving people epilepsy and doctors are warning that if you have epilepsy don't blah blah blah. That's it's just, too scary. Someone died of a heart attack in a preview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just marketing, but this is probably true because Dave Chappelle makes a number of uh, jokes about the LGBTQ plus community. And uh, that group has come after him and is urging Netflix to pull Dave Chappelle's stand-up show from its platform. I think this could be a pretty significant thing if Netflix caves on it. because This is a moment. It is, because they paid him. Nobody knows the actual figures, but it's gazillions of dollars to, uh, to do specials for Netflix because he gets so many viewers on that platform and... If they cave and pull it because of this, that is, uh, that's a message to a lot of people. I think it's also a big moment because he is a well-known and highly respected teller of truth. His reputation is he ruffles feathers. That's his job. And he's a, a black man. 
Well, part of part of his, uh, you know, I just have like one quote from his comedy act here, but it says uh, the U.S. comic says to his audience that gender is a fact. Uh, and he says, I'm part of Team TERF, T-E-R-F, which stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, which apparently I'm, I'm guessing there are jokes attached to explaining all that. But anyway, that's why that uh, community is trying to get Netflix to pull it down. W- which community? LGDP, uh, LGT, LBT, LGBTQ2+. Okay, so that was, <sighs> what, a week ago? When he had those letters. Yesterday, Justin Trudeau, the <laughs> Prime Minister of Canada, tweeted out, People across the country are lighting candles candles to honor indigenous women, girls, and 2SLGBTQQIA plus people. Stop it. Who are missing, who have been murdered. We must continue I... to work together, blah, blah, blah. So in, a, in the week since he did that, which we thought, what, what does all that other stuff mean? He's added like four more things in a week. I think he just spelled out Quinnipiac. Was he talking about the poll? I mean, because there's an interesting new poll out. What are those letters again? 2S, which I believe is the two-spirit thing. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, sort of like, you know, Indian, indigenous people sort of thing, that, that when they were confused with gender or whatever, they called it two-spirit. So uh, 2S, then we know what LGBTQ is, but there's two Qs. I don't know what the two Qs are. One's I think the second Q may be it's queer and questioning. Okay, then IA+. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I is intersex. A is asexual. All right. What's and asexual? You don't. Uh, you don't get down with nobody, and aren't particularly interested in it. Do you need a group? You just don't care, right? Yeah, but you deserve your rights. What about the rights? Does anybody discriminate against against the uh, the people that don't? Well, and here's a question for you. So you got uh, all those letters. That's like six, seven, eight letters, right? And then you got your plus, meaning in anybody else, meaning those people aren't important enough for uh, uh, their letter to be included. Maybe they're, I don't know, animals or, or whatever. Uh, they like, they're furries or they like, uh, I don't know, they, 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 they like pumpkins. They like to make sweet love to pumpkins and, and there's not enough room for pee. So they, they got, they're included in the plus. But why didn't you just have like the plus at the beginning? Well, I do think. Just from a marketing standpoint, you know, I don't want to be mean or anti this or that or anything like that. And I'm not even trying to be funny, which uh, most of you think is uh, clear on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> you, you've already gone too far. 2SLGBTQQIA+. Nobody can memorize that and say it every time they refer to the community. You've got to come up with a shorthand if you want people to be able to refer to you. Well, and you are doing such a good imitation of those who mocked the old uh, LBGTQPR, BBQ, blah, blah, blah thing. When it was getting long, you're, you're just replicate, you're replicating the mockery. So, yeah, as you say, from a mar- purely marketing standpoint, convincing people, getting them to go along, you're making a terrible mistake. And how about the prime minister of Canada feeling like he's got to go along with every single one of those letters and symbols for his, uh, for his tweet? Well, he is your adding classic. To, my point was adding to what he said a week ago. So he had memorized the long phrase a week ago when he was at the UN, and it's already changed. And yeah. and he had to add more stuff. Well, he is your typical liberal weenie. I mean, he's just he's gutless. He's the perfect example of a person who talks like this. Um, are you going to mention the case that our friend Tim Sandifer uh, is involved in? 
Yeah, I was I was wondering when he might be available to talk to, but there's a pretty important case involving uh, folks who are unhappy with their school district, or requesting documents, publishing those documents. Then they were sued by the school district. It's a little complicated, but, it, man, it fits pretty well into the current crisis in education. Yeah, that's its own interesting topic, and we love uh, Tim the Lawyer, um, who's been a friend of the show for a gazillion years. But he came up in a, uh, a very important podcast yesterday that I want to talk about because mm. um, that's uh, what George Will said is the most important issue in 240 years that is before us right now um, is pretty fascinating. And I think you may agree when it's laid okay. out for you. That, All right. That, among other things, on the way. Our te- you have, you have something well, else? I was just going to say, yeah, there's uh, a caught on tape squad member admits there's no point in wearing masks. We just do it for politics. Oh, really? Yeah, buddy. Caught on Mike. Live Mike. Awesome. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Texas DPS provided Fox News with these startling photos, telling us suspected cartel gunmen with AK-47s and tactical vests have been taunting Texas National Guard soldiers from across the Rio Grande in Stark County multiple times in recent days. We're told the gunmen are involved in human smuggling. The president of the Border Patrol Union saying today, in his 25-year career as a Border Patrol agent, the border has never been less secure. And the actions of the Biden administration is very clear. If you cross the border illegally, you will be rewarded. Well, that's undeniable. We'll get into some more of that next hour. I wish anybody else other than Fox was covering this story. The border has never been less secure in 25 years, says a gentleman with a lot of experience. Um, Nothing to see here, though. Doesn't make the news. Yeah, it's hard to hear that and not want to dive into the conversation, but we will get to it next hour. It is uh, powerful stuff. Hope you can stay tuned. Uh, got a lot of great stuff to talk about today, but this is this was obvious to a lot of us uh, for a very long time, but it's always uh, pleasing to hear your adversaries admit what they're doing. Rashida Tlaib in Michigan at an event in Detroit featuring Housing and Urban Development Secretary Marsha Fudge, delicious Marsha Fudge. And she uh, <laughs> she was approaching a constituent to talk to him, and she said something, and he thought he she was scolding him because he didn't have a mask on, okay? He, he was maskless. And she said, oh, no, no, not you, no, no. I'm just wearing it because I've got a Republican tracker here. Meaning wow. a uh, Republican worker who videotapes her to try to catch her in a gaff or whatever. That's super common these days. But she just admitted on tape, no, the only reason I'm wearing a mask is because there's a, a Republican tracker here. So at least, you know, at least she's admitting that the mask thing, Joe Biden, for instance, walking out of the White House alone, outdoors, with a mask on. Then when he gets to the gaggle of reporters, he takes it off to answer their questions. Do I even have to repeat the ridiculous quasi-religious ceremony we all go through at restaurants? It's just idiotic. The fact that it endures is so interesting to me, though. I'd like to, you know, appeal to some sage professor, the philosopher. What what are people doing? What what is this in humans that not only motivates certain people to behave this way, but blinds 80% of the population to what's happening? 
So the Washington Examiner is doing the story we just did about the uh, Prime Minister of Canada, Trudeau, using the acronym 2SLGBTQQIA+. Many prominent users on Twitter did not fully understand what the Prime Minister was referring to, prompting some to joke that headbutting the keyboard is now a sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Dropping your coffee mug on your computer keyboard. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned um, this. This may have happened. Of course, all our stories are on this show are apocryphal or uh, just made up for entertainment. None of these things are real. Personal stories, you mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, but there is a uh, an official coffee machine here that uh, regularly uh, malfunctions. It'll make a mocha lapa chapatino for you once a month if you want it. Making a cup of coffee is often a struggle. Anyway, so somebody may have. And again, this is just a made up story. I just bought in a like eight dollar. Mr. Coffee and plugged it in over there, and now we're all making coffee in here. Uh, and the reason I bring this up is I, I, it's amazing how much esprit de corps that has brought to the community uh, of a little people that work around here in a way that I haven't seen like since pre-pandemic. I think there's a real hunger for that in workplaces to the extent that people are even in workplaces. Uh, just, just a community, you know, cause there haven't been, there haven't been any gatherings. There haven't been any company barbecues or Christmas parties or freaking anything, you know, th- even a meeting in the conference room in forever. And now we got like this coffee pot to all like talk about and gather around. Wow. That is so silly. And yet it means something. It does mean something. You can feel it. It's like, Hey, this is kind of fun hanging yeah, around. I'll, I'll make the next pot. Yeah. And so we just did a taste test, a blind taste test between the, uh, the machine that malfunctions and the new coffee pot, and uh, and the 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 winner was uh, B. He said it was much more robust, and that was the coffee pot mm, <laughs> more <of> robust. <laughs> oh, that's what I look for in my in my coffee and my friends and my radio discussions. Robust, robust. What is the biggest problem facing America in two hundred and forty years, according to one of the most uh, smart thinkers, writers of libertarian thought, George Will? Lack of robustness, clearly. <laughs> We'll get to that to kick off Hour 2. If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.